Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, August the 3rd in 2020 on When I Rise. We're in year A, proper week 14, which is the 10th Sunday after Pentecost. And on Mondays, we like to look at the Old Testament narrative text for the week. So we'll be in Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 4, and then 12 through 28. So we'll tackle that passage, we'll read that story, and I'll provide a couple points of reflection, and we'll spend our time praying along the general theme that emerges from the text this morning. Thanks for making this part of your morning on When Our Eyes. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 28. And Jacob lived in the land of his father's residences in the land of Canaan. These are the records of Jacob. Joseph, at 17 years old, had been tending the sheep with his brothers. And he was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. And Israel had loved Joseph most of all of his children because he was a son of old age to him. And he made him a coat of many colors. And his brothers saw that their father loved him most of all of his brothers. And they hated him and they were not able to speak a greeting to him. Jumping down to verse 12. And his brothers went to feed their sheep in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Aren't your brothers feeding in Shechem? Come on and I'll send you to them. And he said to him, I'm here. And he said to him, Go see how your brothers are and how the sheep are and bring me back a word. And he sent him from the valley of Hebron. And he came to Shechem and a man found him and he was straying in a field. And the man asked him saying, What are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for my brothers. Tell me, where are they feeding? The man said, They travel from on from here because I heard them saying, Let's go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. And they saw him from a distance, and before he came close to them, they conspired to, against him to kill him. And the brothers said to one another, Here comes the dream master, the one there. And now come on and let's kill him and throw him in one of the pits. And he will say a wild, and we will say a wild animal ate him, and he will see what comes of his dreams. And Reuben heard, and he saved him from their hand. And he said, Let's not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Don't spill blood. Throw him into this pit that's in the wilderness, and do not put a hand against him in order to save him from the from their hand and to bring him back to his father. And it was with Joseph. That when he came to his brothers, they took off Joseph's coat, the coat of many colors, which he had on. And they took him and threw him into the pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. They sat down to eat and bread. This is the word of God for us. The primary objective of the book of Genesis is to answer the question of how all these things came to pass. Um, Exodus tells the, the concrete story of Israel within Egypt and their exodus and their journey towards the promised land. So all, that story just begs a ton of questions. How did we get here? What does all this mean? Genesis is a strange book. It um, has books of minor characters all wrapped together. Uh, we call them the Toledotes in the Hebrew language. So there's the story of creation. Then there's the story of Adam. There's the story of Cain and Abel. There's the story of Noah. There's the story of Abraham and Isaac. And then there's now the story of Jacob. And maybe you found it peculiar this morning that when telling the story of Jacob, there could have been many things told. 
but at least at this point in his life, the major plot of the story of Jacob, whose name is also Israel, is the conflict between his sons, particularly between all of the rest of his sons and the son Joseph. This is the third time that we've seen sibling robbery in the book of Genesis. Conflict is in every single narrative in the book of Genesis. And so perhaps one of the things that the teachers wanted to tell the people of Israel as they are putting sacred texts together is there always seems to be conflict. And part of the shape of who we are as the people of God is how do we deal with the conflict that's in our lives. So you had the conflict of Cain and Abel early in Genesis chapter 4 where Cain kills his brother Abel. You had the conflict of Jacob and Esau, twin boys, and instead of that coming to utter ruin, there was definitely a long period of exile apart from one another, but they ended up reconciling in the end. And so we have this question, what's going to happen with Joseph and his brothers? Will their relationship unravel? like Cain and Abel, or will it be mended together like Jacob and Esau? Well, as we see the early in the story, it's rather difficult. Joseph is the favored son, and he is sent on an errand to go check in on the boys. It's almost as if Jacob does not trust the rest of his sons, and we see that there's some, you know, maybe some evidence there. They were supposed to go to Shechem to tend their flocks, but they moved on from there. They went to Dothan, perhaps against their father's orders, and perhaps he felt like that was going to be the case so he sent Joseph, but ultimately sends Joseph to a hotbed of conflict where Joseph is disposed of by his brothers. The original plot is for them to kill him and to bring back evidence that a wild animal had taken care of him. But Reuben steps in and he intervenes, and we could call it an intervention, but I don't know ultimately if it's an intervention. But at least his life is spared. And I think in the next few weeks of the lectionary, we'll see what the rest of the story has for Joseph. But we can linger here for a moment. Conflict is simply the reality of not getting what we want. And conflict happens in everyday relationships because we're all different people. I'm different from you. You're different from me. You're different from your spouse. I'm different from my kids. And so inevitably, throughout the given course of any typical day, we will have conflict. But the Bible is honest that there's something else going on underneath conflict, that there's an impulse inside of us. Uh, the Hebrews call it the Yetzirah, or the bent towards evil that makes us pursue conflict and that in the midst of conflict instead of settling with reasonable minds we tend to part ways from one another this is going to be lingering in the background of this story how will joseph and his brothers attempt to reason together will the relationship have a way to overcome this conflict so this morning i thought what i would do is have us think of a couple things number one is are you in a conflict right now that seems to be lingering on and that conflict might have a different shape than other conflict in your life. There are some things, conflict in our life, where we just have a disagreement with people and there's a good chance that we're not going to have an ongoing relationship with that person. And so we may not need to spend all of our moral energy, all of our emotional energy on putting that relationship together because really simply it's not going to be maintained. If we can simply make peace with the situation, make peace with them in general, then that's fine. But perhaps there's a relationship that we can avoid that we do want to have for longer term, but there's conflict right now. What I'd like you to do is just hold that, that relationship in your mind and heart this morning as we pray. In fact, this is what Father Richard Rohr says, that when we pray, we empty our mind into our heart and we let the words flow from there. And so that's what I'm going to have you do as you spend time praying this morning. I want you to think about what that relationship is, but then let it all come into your heart. And here's what's going to happen, I believe. All of the 
bitterness and perhaps the disagreements, the points of argumentation that we have against that person, it might erode away because it might be able to be held in our minds, but it may not be able to be held in our hearts because our heart decides to love. And so perhaps love will grow instead of indifference towards this person. The second thing I want us to think about this morning is how are we going to uh, you know, conduct ourselves in the midst of conflict in our lives? Uh, we know conflict's inevitable, but are we going to give in to this impulse, this force deep within that drives us towards conflict? Or are we going to hear the gospel fresh and new and choose to be people of peace? So I'm going to pray for those two things this morning as we face our day together in a time of prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you're a good and generous God, that you heal, you restore, you forgive, you renew. God, we confess this morning that we are out of sorts in relationships in our lives. Some are maybe not so pressing than others. We have some who we're saddened by an unraveling of a relationship, a friendship that's become distant. And though we grieve it deeply, we pray that you give us the grace to let go, if that's ultimately the wisest thing in this moment. But for God, for those relationships that we do retain, that have a strife and struggle, we pray for them this morning. We allow all thoughts about that relationship and that person to enter into our hearts. And then from our hearts, we pour out our, our prayer to you and we pour it out with love. And so God, for every relationship that's connected to the, this recording and this podcast, God, I pray that you would speak a better word, that grace and peace would gather in those places and that people would be raised up in this moment and that relationships would be mended. God, we also pray for us as the people of God. You call us to be people of peace, that we serve the Prince of Peace, that we should make every effort to live at peace with all people. And so God, this day we confess to you that we haven't, that we've pursued division and disunity, that we've raised petty arguments, that we have said things that have caused us to distance ourselves from one and from other people. And so God, this day we pray that you would uh, allow us to be transformed in our minds and in our hearts. May we be slow to speak and slow to become angry and quick to listen. May we embrace, may we host uh, meals and dinner parties, and may we hold the cares of others and concerns of others over our own. Uh, May we not retaliate and uh, react with anger if people are angry towards us. But God, I pray that you give us great patience as you have great patience with us. And so God, allow us to be people of peace that are dispersed into your world today. So that as those who are agitated, those who are bewildered because of the conflict and chaos in our world, that they would see us as a gift because we decide to be people of peace. So God set us apart. May we raise the flag of peace over our lives and the lives of others. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.